Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. I think the biggest thing to know is that science is here to help you in the hiring process. It's here to make things objective and take away that bias. It's simply one part of the hiring process. It's a tool in your toolbox. There's things we want to keep natural, and there's things that we want to get better at. That's where EQ comes in as an opportunity to improve. And so I think the core thing here is don't be afraid of the results. Embrace them as part of a conversation with whoever you're looking to hire. It gives you clarity on each role when you take the time to do this. Hi, this is Henneko. I'm so glad you took the time to stop by today. In Jamaican parlance, Wagwan. Me glad to say a dial. This episode is sponsored by HennekeWatkinsPorter.com as well as the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Now on HennekeWatkinsPorter.com, you can visit us for blogs, resources, books, online podcast courses, podcasts, and more. If you are new to the Entrepreneurial New Podcast, be sure to check out past episodes with guests such as John Lee Dumas, Patrice Washington, Seth Godin, Richard Branson, Amy Porterfield, and a host of other game changers. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. And now, here's today's episode. Men love to wonder, and that is a seed of science. Wolf Waldo Emerson. Howdy. Hello, my peak performer. What's a go on? It is episode 180 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. I'm your host, Henneko Watkins Porter. Today's episode is with Amy Lafko. Now, Amy founded Karen Consulting Solutions with the knowledge that you need to grow your people to grow your business. Amy focuses her work on the employee experience that is derived from skilled leaders and aligned teams. Anchoring her work in the people-first paradigm, Amy facilitates workshop, team dynamic sessions, and provides consulting to assist organizational growth. From hiring to engagement, she assists clients in decreasing turnover, increasing productivity, and customer satisfaction. As a national speaker, consultant, and facilitator, Amy leverages over 20 years of professional leadership experience in several sectors of healthcare. She's certified in DISC, uh, and that's the DISC Profile Assessment, Driving Forces, and Emotional Intelligence, as well as the Seven Stages of Growth. 
So I'm truly excited to be talking with Amy on using sirens to hire the right team members. Welcome, Amy. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. My pleasure as well. Now, before we start chatting, I want to learn from you. Do you know anything at all about Jamaica? I know that it is an absolutely beautiful country that I've only been able to visit once years ago for a friend's wedding. You know, so many people I talk to, um, so many of my guests have come either by, you know, through a cruise or they've come to attend a wedding. So I really look forward to seeing you at some point, you know, after this craziness is over. <laughs> exactly. That would be really nice. All right. Using signs to hire the right team members. That's what we're going to be talking about. But before we delve into that, I'd love to learn a little more about your background. Besides, you know, if you can bring home for us what, what I mentioned in the intro, just a little bit about your background and why you are in the era that you are in. Absolutely. So I came out of um, healthcare. And I was in leadership operations for over 20 years, and I've served as a leader in a variety of settings. And unfortunately, I've failed as a leader. And through that, I learned so many skills that had the ability to help me truly transform and become a leader that I wanted to be so that I could best support my team. And one of the things that helped me grow was really understanding who I am, what my natural preferences are, where I'm going to be able to be the most successful, where I'm going to be challenged and might have limitations, and then knowing how to work within those. Um, For me, one of the big areas of growth was in that area of emotional intelligence and, and having tools that measured in a valid way, my baseline of emotional intelligence, and then getting practical guidelines on how to improve it. In a year and a half, I saw dramatic changes in my levels of EQ. And that's what I do with clients today. You know, right now I'm working with a a group in um, Ohio and It's wonderful. We're at the end of eight months and they just redid their emotional intelligence assessments. And I have to tell you, when they did the first round, some of them were like, this can't be right. Please, I can't have scores like this. And I said, well, let's just use it as a baseline and let's work on your skill set. And I have gotten emails from all of them saying, you won't believe what happened. And here's how I've made progress. So when we talk about using assessments, I think a lot of people don't realize that there's two different types of assessments and sciences we can use as part of hiring. Mm -hmm. One is science that's baseline. Who are we? How do we prefer to communicate? How do we see the world? And the second kind are assessments that give us a baseline where we can and should make improvements. So some assessments, there's no right or wrong answer. You are who you are, and all we're doing is simply revealing that. Other assessments help us develop and grow. When you're hiring someone and you know where their strengths and their challenges are, you can tailor their development program. You can make sure they have enough of the skills to be successful. And so all of that knowledge is really what brought me to what I do today and how I help companies and how I help individuals. 
Absolutely amazing story. Now, you mentioned about, you know, you fail at leadership. And isn't it uh, interesting how our weaknesses or failures at times can propel us uh, into a trajectory uh, path that we need to be on and, you know, kind of correct for those mistakes and missteps that we've made along the way. So it's interesting that you would say that. You are so right about that. And I'm grateful that um, I learned I wish I didn't have to go through that. And I wish my team didn't have to go through that. But I am grateful that I had learning, that I had phenomenal coaches and mentors to help me get better. And it really gave me the drive to really excel at what I do now. Mm -hmm. Emotional intelligence is something that you've mentioned. Um, Talk to us a little bit about that and the importance of not just um, having IQ, but EQ. Absolutely. You know, with emotional intelligence, I think it's often perceived as this fluffy, feel good, touchy feely thing. And in reality, the research and science is so clear that EQ is what determines superior performance and high level performers have higher levels of EQ. And that said, it's one of the areas that we can most dramatically improve ourselves. So when I think about EQ, the way that it's been outlined in Daniel Goleman's work and throughout time is really that there's five different areas. It's how aware are we of ourselves? Do I know what triggers me to have a response? And then it's about self-regulation. Do I have the ability to disrupt um, emotions that are problematic and aren't helping me. Then I want to look at how motivated am I to actually work on getting better at this and taking my temperature, so to speak, when it comes to EQ. And then we talk about the social side and you've got social awareness. This is your ability to perceive and understand how your words and actions impact others and how what someone else is experiencing impacts them. So think about the times that we're in right now With a pandemic, there are so many things people are going through. And I read a quote about how we're all in the same storm, but some of us are watching from the shore. Some of us are in the midst of the storm, but in a boat. Another of us are flailing around in the water. We don't know where someone else is, but the higher our social awareness, the better our ability to actually understand what that person's experiencing which then allows us to influence the situation and help that person find their own neutral. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So would you consider then in, uh, emotional intelligence a science? There is a science to it. There is a science in how you complete the assessments. When I look at what I chose with my healthcare background, I came out of a scientific field. As a physical therapist, it was all about what does the research show? EQ is a scientific study. And so you need to use valid and reliable assessment tools when you measure it. You know, you can go out there and find free EQ assessments. And quite frankly, they're like taking the Cosmo quiz, you know, or the Facebook quiz. Where's the science? EQ in terms of developing those skills is part science. Here's what will make it better. And part art, 
here's the way that you can interpret that and then make it better. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the first questions that I had in mind to ask you is what, what the heck does science have to do with who you take on in your business? You know, since we're talking about using science to hire the right team members, what does science have to do with who you take on in your business? Oh my gosh, that is such a great question. And thank you because rarely do people ask that. Um, and, and it's quite simple. We have biases as humans. We have likability biases where, oh, they went to the same school as I did. Or you know what? They're from the same state I am or they're from Jamaica. They must automatically be fabulous. Ah, indeed. So we have these, yeah, we have these biases. And when we hire people, we typically focus on subjective information. Wow, I like the font they used on their resume and it looks really long. They must have done great work where they were before. Wow, I like that suit or we have the same color socks or we went to the same school. They must be a good person. We have a hard time as humans eliminating our subjectivity and eliminating our biases Science brings objective measures to balance out that subjectivity. Science using, you know, objective measures to balance out. Because as you rightfully say, we all have by, um, by our own biases and we'd want to think that we're so neutral, but there's always something that is going to influence <laughs> our decision-making process. And so having a measurable, um, something that is measurable, you know, that we can uh, measure against what we're doing, the decisions that we're making is very important, I believe as well. So how can science help you to get it right? So when you're using science to get it right, You start by understanding what you want in the first place. Again, using objective measures to say, I need this team member to have the um, fast-paced, innovative ideas. I'm looking for someone who has out-of-the-box thinking. I'm looking for someone who is really good at compliance. So with the accounting firms that I work with, I want people that are doing my taxes to be very good at following the rules, being compliant. However, that person who's great at following the rules, if we're in a design studio, probably isn't going to be the right fit. And I know that's an extreme example, but that's the idea behind using assessments and the science is first you need to figure out what Behavioral styles, are they going to be better if they're fast paced or are we looking for someone who is slow and steady? Do I need someone who can make quick decisions? Do I need someone who's going to support the rest of the team? Once I understand that, now I've got a benchmark. I have every top candidate take the same tool, which is neutral. And I get a printout that shows me this is where someone did well in matching. This is where someone was gapping. And boy, once I have that, now I suddenly have my interview questions. I have specificity around whether or not their gap is easy to overcome or if it's a deal breaker. And it just makes it a more simple and clear process. Mm-hmm. Talking of tools, um, Amy, what are some of those scientific tools that employers, entrepreneurs, business owners can implement in their hiring process to, you know, um, negate against biases, for example? Absolutely. You know, when I started my company, 
um, I spent a lot of time researching different assessment tools. There's a ton of them out there and there's different, different companies that provide them. But I wanted strong, valid research when it came to the tools I use. So I work with DISC, which is about your behavioral preferences, your communication preferences. I always include what motivates a person. I want to understand, are they motivated by personal freedom and autonomy or being part of a team? So I want to look at that component as well. If you work in a company that really is focused on um, helping others for the sake of helping, you want someone who's altruistic versus someone who's looking for what's the return on my investment. And then I also look at what someone's acumen is. And I use the TTI Success Insights Hartman Index. And this allows us to get a picture of what's that person's worldview? How do they perceive their current role? How do they perceive their future? How do they perceive the structures and strategies that exist in the world? And combining these things allows me to get a really solid picture of the person individually. And what I like about DISC and the reason I chose DISC and Driving Forces and then some of these other tools, number one, the TTI tools are actually compliant with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which means they've been proven to not have an adverse impact on diversity. That means if you're in a protected class, this assessment is not going to be biased against you. And the second reason that I like to use them is because they translate so well. Once that person's on the team, now I have a picture of them and they can get plugged into the rest of the team. And with DISC, I'm only looking at a few core elements, which means it's easy for everyone to know everyone else on the team. And the better you understand someone else, the better you can meet them where they are. Absolutely. TTI, what's, what's, um, what's that abbreviated to mean? So TTI Success Insights is t- um, Talent Target International. TTI Success Insights is the assessment tool company that I use. And so I have been certified by them to actually utilize their tools in my work with clients. Mm -hmm. So I had a guest on this podcast, um, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, and he was pretty much um, his latest book, Personality Isn't Permanent, uh, in a nutshell, is throwing out through the window things like, you know, this profile and other personality testing saying, you know, as the book title implies, that personality isn't permanent. And so the result you get at times uh, pretty much skew, uh, would be skewed. If you if you take it another time, um, perhaps you get a different result. And it, it, so it's not really a good measure to use. That's his claim. No. How accurate in your mind, you know, would you say these these assessment tests, um, these uh, tools are, particularly DISC, for example? TTI Success Insights is so committed to valid um, assessment tools that they have an entire research department and they have done 30 years worth of research to make sure that the tools they're using are valid. And that, yes, there are times when people's behavioral preferences are going to change. If someone has gone through a significant trauma 
or if they've gone through significant life changes, their natural tendencies will change. I haven't read Dr. Hardy's book, but what I'm wondering is whether or not he's, whether he's actually talking about someone's natural behavioral style versus how they're adapting. I see that all the time. I see clients who their natural graph over time stays the same, but because of the work situation they're in, they adapt their style. And we adapt for one of two reasons, survival or strategically. So for example, when I was a director of operations for urgent cares, I'm outgoing. I love to talk and I am not detail oriented, but I was responsible for making sure that we passed our accreditation. I had to adapt my natural preference to ignore details (laughs) so that we could do that. That was an adaptation that was appropriate. It never changed my true core. And I think that might be where the difference lies. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the that's actually the argument because you know we 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 are we we adapt easily to situations and different circumstances mm-hmm. when we have to, you know, whether by choice or by or by force, you know. So that ability, adaptability, um, functionality, and and ability of humans to do that could perhaps be um, why he has drawn that conclusion. And here's the wonderful thing about the tools I use is that it not only gives you that adapted style, it gives you your natural style. So yes, I get to see how and where people are adapting and I get to see what their natural core is, which is the stuff that doesn't change over time. My niece is 11 years old. And let me tell you, she is a high dominance, high influencer. That's not going to change when she's 47. (laughs) <laughs> all right so um how much of that adaptability then versus your natural tendency uh is some people would say pretend so you're 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 being somebody uh, yeah. that you're not how much you know yep. and and how much should you adapt versus your own personal style when i'm working with clients i want to see small adaptations meaning a less than 10 per- 10 point difference between their natural and their adapted And if I see greater variation, then I want to understand why, because that that adaptation causes stress. And so I want to know, are they doing it for strategic reasons? I want to know if they see a reason for it and they have a time frame for how long they're going to be like that. Or are they adapting so much because they're desperate to be successful at work? And I I see people who, when I get their scores and see their natural versus adapted and I talk to them, they go, oh my gosh, that's why I need to quit my job. I said, yeah, you're trying to put a square peg into a round hole every single day. Mm -hmm. And so hearing that, what comes to mind now is a stress factor in terms of your cortisol level and in terms of what that can do to to you as a a team member and how how effective is that um, level, high level of of adaptability is in terms of your long-term health um, overall. Exactly. And that's where coming back to that idea of EQ is so important because you can adapt in the moment, but how, how quickly can you get back to neutral? How quickly can you get back to your core? 
you know, one of the reasons I like to use science is because I want people to be successful. And the less they have to adapt to fit into a role, the better. That's what causes the burnout is the stress over having to be something that they're not. And so when I think about cortisol levels and um, pressures and, and heart rate changes because of how much we're adapting, the more someone understands this is not my natural, then they get to make the choice. Am I adapting on purpose, which they can be comfortable with? Or am I adapting out of survival and I need to change my situation? Absolutely. Amy Lafko, you know, we are about to wrap our conversation. It's very interesting. You've been very insightful. I want you to close off with your final thoughts. One, uh, two, how might our peak performer get in touch with you? And also to share, thirdly, the um, giveaway that you have for our community. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing to know is that Science is here to help you in the hiring process. It's here to make things objective and take away that bias. It's simply one part of the hiring process. It's a tool in your toolbox. There's things we want to keep natural and there's things that we wanna get better at. That's where EQ comes in as an opportunity to improve. And so I think the core thing here is don't be afraid of the results. Embrace them as part of a conversation with whoever you're looking to hire. It gives you clarity on each role when you take the time to do this. In terms of how to get in touch with me, you certainly can email me, amy, A-M-Y, at cairncs.com. So it's A-M-Y at C-A-I-R-N-C-S.com. Or you can just look for Cairn Consulting Solutions, which is cairncs.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me there. And in terms of what I'm offering, I think one of the most powerful ways to see that uh, assessment tools are not something to be leery of is to experience the power of them yourself. And so if there's someone out there who's listening to this podcast, I want you to email me, amy at karencs.com. And I want you to just put Henneke's podcast in and I will absolutely send you a tool. You'll take the assessment and then I'll gladly take 45 minutes to an hour to walk you through your results and help you see how much this information can help you in your world. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. Amy Lefko, it has been my absolute pleasure having this conversation with you and I wish you all the best on your onward journey. Thank you. You too. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. And thank you, my peak performer, for tuning in to this episode with Amy Lafko. I certainly look forward to connecting with you next week. But in the meantime, I'm super thrilled to tell you that you can always connect with me for anything podcasting, all things podcasting, courses, books, um, workshops, etc. by going to hennikawatkinsporter.com sending me a whatsapp message you'll find the whatsapp icon to the bottom right of the screen send me a message it comes directly to my phone and i'll be happy to respond to you now this week i want to share with you a point of hope and this point of hope is therefore with minds that are alert and fully sober set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when jesus christ is revealed at his coming first peter 1 verse uh chapter 1 verse 30 what good 